If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet PlushCare, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, Dr. Drew here, and this is just a reminder that the discussions here are not a substitute for medical care or medical evaluation. This is purely for entertainment and education. We hope you learned something. But see your doctor, get proper medical care. Hey, this is Dr. Drew, and you are listening to This Life with Bob Forrest and Dr. Drew. Here we are. That's right. Welcome to This Life. Hashtag You Live. Today's coast. Bob Forrest at Rehab Bob Forrest and Shelly Sprague, ss at shellysprague.com. Is that that's, that's your right. email? I know. I just give out your email. That's okay. It's all good. All right. Is there a no Twitter problem. handle? No, I don't have one. Okay, well, yeah. give it to your email. It's gonna... We're going to get it all going when she has her own podcast here in a couple weeks. Bobby, my biggest fan. Welcome, guys. <laughs> Shelly is at the Bel Air Recovery Center. Tell us how we can get there. Um, BelairTreatment.com. Take the 405 freeway north from the valley. Get off on, get off on Sunset. <laughs> when you see the, uh, what's the, Skirball <laughs> Center, you're, you're <laughs> yeah, about exactly. there. You're yeah. almost there. You're about there. Uh, let anything else you want to you want to go over? Anything you guys want to talk about quickly in terms of your promoting your own stuff, or cause I got a bunch of business well, I got to handle here? Yeah, you know, just the detox in Encino and uh, BellairTreatment.com, and uh, you know we're we're expanding. We went to uh, Melrose, eighty three Melrose as well um, for LGBTQ and uh, outpatient treatment. Great. Did you know that the house they have the detox in is the Sober House from Sober House? Did you know that? No. Did you know that? Yes, that's the house Shelly's got one? now. Which one? The first one? The second one? The one in the valley? The, up the the big steep the valley? No, the valley. The one in the valley. It it has oh, that, that big long one. Yes, with the swimming pool. Oh uh-huh. my god! With Remember the Starbucks in the mirrors, down the street. The mirrors in the living the, the room. The reason are they still I'll, there? No, no. The oh. reason I'll never forget that no one no one saw that one. It was just Bob and I going there to treat those patients. <laughs> yeah, and I ran some groups there as well. Some, yep, yep. Mm-hmm. And the and what I why I remember it so vividly is there was a Starbucks down the street, and I went and I got I talked to the manager, I got job applications, Mr. Codependent. <laughs> I brought him back, and I had it Trying all clear. Trying to get clear. drug addicts I, that are sober living a job, I like they're going to do that. I had it all free yeah, and clear, cool. and I yes. and I said, here, all you do is fill out this one page, this and you're hired. One application. <laughs> not one of them filled. I couldn't believe. Leave it. I Starbucks was beneath that. Oh yes, honey. Starbucks was way beneath that. So right. that's Shelly's detox now. All right. Please do go to doctor.com and click through on the hydrolite banner. You know these guys. You get thirty percent off on your purchase with the code Drew eighteen at checkout. And uh, we've also have special prices on Bergamet. The banner there at doctor.com give you a discount when you click through. And uh, we have them thankfully back on the show with us. I just pimps them out on Shelly. Gave them to her. She's got the Bergamet Femme, and Susan takes the Bergamet Femme every day, and it's, it's a good product. Uh, share the show, like us on Facebook, subscribe on your favorite podcast platform and at YouTube, and uh, help your friends with this information that we're going to hopefully get through today. One more thing, check out KBC 790 Midday Live. That is uh, Monday through Friday, me and Lawrence Savon. Mike is now over at K-Rock, and Mike and I have a new podcast called Swole Patrol. You can check that out. Subscribe, tell a friend. The uh, Lawrence Savon Show is 12 to 3 Pacific. Uh, it's also on 790 in Los Angeles and KGO in San Francisco. And you can tune in live at uh, kbc.com. Or if you missed it, we've got the podcast at drjock.com. Again, calls today, 323-649-8268. Now, 
Now let's get to our guest. Todd yeah. Zalkins, addiction specialist, interventionist, award-winning filmmaker. The new film is The Long Way Back. You can watch it at thelongwaybackfilm.com, or it is on Hulu, which is a big deal. That's uh, a big deal. Todd is That's a cool. yeah, KDOC. He's an addiction specialist, life coach, interventionist, public speaker, uh, published a work, author. Uh, let's see. Todd's All In Intervention has earned a reputation as one of the nation's leading intervention recovery developers. He has a team of specialists with over 60 years of experience and uh, dying for triplicate, for a triplicate, or it says dying for triplicate. Is dying for a triplicate? Dying for triplicate. For triplicate. That's yeah. uh, that's your book, right? Your memoir. That's right. Dying for They don't have triplicates anymore. Oh, no. well, we have something like that. We still have a stupid <laughs> No, form. you can't get the pharmacy to give them to you. That's been out for eight, that's been out, that's been out for eight years. That was my, that was the yeah. first, that became, it came up before the film. Yeah. Yeah. Tell us about the film. <laughs> Well, the uh, the long way back came out on October seventeenth, and uh, first came out on Amazon and Google Play. And the film chronicles my seventeen uh, year addiction and recovery to prescription painkillers. It also it also blends in my relationship with the uh, the Long Beach scene, of course, where I, where I grew up, and my relationship with the uh, the band Sublime and our music culture. It uh, and your son. What's uh, uh well oh, actually Brad's son Brad, Brad's son yeah, oh, yeah yeah Bradley Knowles son I was with Brad on the night that he died and uh, broke all of our hearts and a full circle story I got clean and sober uh, many years later and uh, became an interventionist and uh, I was there to answer the call when uh, when Jacob Knoll needed help mm. that's just mm-hmm. the most and that's what the movie's thing. about about his recovery or it's it, it's got multiple layers it, it focuses on uh, not only my story of my, of recovery and my own redemption from not being able to take Bradley Knoll's call who mm-hmm. tried to call me on the night that he died and uh, also the opioid crisis that we have here in our country and also being able to help Jacob Knoll get clean and sober we have many storylines throughout the film and it's a feature length documentary about 95 minutes let's jump it's right excellent. in right there it's and so good Todd you tell me if you have this thing I, I have the, you you didn't, couldn't take the call because you were busy. You have kids. You're doing life. You can't beat yourself up about not taking Brad's call. Well, you, you, know? were, you were you were loaded but, too, though, right? I was loaded. I so, just I, mean, I just dropped you were him off back and forth sober, weren't you? Or no? No, I had never been sober. And this is on the night that he died. I just dropped him off in San Francisco on at the, uh, the the evening of their last show up in Petaluma, California. I was at his booking manager's house, three three blocks away. And and so the idea is, well, we, we all carry a lot of guilt because I've had a lot of friends die that I could have, would have, should have. You have to, like, just do what you can where you are. I had a great mentor named Buddy Arnold. I don't know if you knew him. You bet. right? Yeah. So Buddy saw the first person I tried to help. Shelly was there. Got sober. Right? I'm like a year sober. I helped this musician that nobody thought could get sober, and he got sober. Then everybody's giving me act like Bob's got a miracle worker. He got so and so sober. So then I'm believing it. Shelly's more sober than me. Then a guy dies. Same guy. No, another no. guy. Another guy. And I, I was sitting in my office at MAP. I think you were there. And it's the musicians, musicians, mm-hmm. musician yeah. assistant program. And I was really disillusion buddy came in and said listen to me if you're going to take credit for the sobriety you're going to have to credit for take responsibility for the death you want that and i was like no i don't want that (laughs) and he goes you had nothing to do you just did your part with so-and-so yeah and it worked out most times it doesn't work out yeah, I think, though, in active addiction, one of the biggest problems is, is that I had no coping skills. And so my addiction spiraled further for many years. You used because you thought you weren't there for Brad. Well, I, I was an active addict anyways. However, it was compounded as a result of you know, losing him. I, just, I, I, I was a broken kid. I had no coping skills. Zero. 
Mm. I couldn't yeah. cope with grief. I remember I felt bad because I felt like he looked up to L.A. musicians like me and Anthony and yeah. Perry, and we were all heroin addicts. And then this kid dies, right? Mm-hmm. And it really felt like what kind of role models are we? Because he's about 10 years younger than me, right? And I thought, wow, we got a responsibility. No, let's just do more drugs and forget yeah. about but, but that's yeah. always the case is yeah. that, you know, something bad happens and what do we do? We want to do something different, but we can't. We don't have the skills. Yeah, and especially when, when you're not sober, you aren't present for anyone anyways. And so uh, so many people just unraveled, and it, it took a long time in, in order to not only process the pain and work through a bunch of that stuff, it, it just it, it was a disaster. And so it was a miracle just to get sober but and just to be able to be there for other people in general, let alone work through the pain of getting through and getting the, it's, all it's, those layers. It's a little why I'm, so, I'm a little surprised that you're still feeling guilt knowing that no. you were, you're not. No, no, no. Because no. you were – then he was. No, I understand then because, um, but but I mean, just when when you're uh, as a, you know, if I were the caretaker at the time, I would not want him calling another loaded person if because who knows what would happen then. That's all he so had. Would, but I'm just saying it wouldn't have it would not have helped. Yeah, you know what I mean. So um, it, it's interesting though. It, it, I, I like what you just said though, Doctor Drew, and that is uh, I wasn't an IV user. He wasn't uh, calling for dope. He wasn't calling for money. Uh, he was lonely. Uh, okay, it. and it wasn't about that. Um, however, I will say this: uh, my heart still bruised over it. Does that sure, make sense? Sure, sure, like, oh, like, I, I'm sure because you carried the pain for a long time. Yeah, too. you're still bruised a bit, yeah, yeah, but no, course. I don't blame myself. Okay, no. got it, got yeah. it. Big, yeah. dif- big difference. And well, that's was- that's some something we all have to deal with, right? Which is each individual makes their own decisions, right? But we can be. Uh, examples of hope. That's what I think sobriety is. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. Big time. Yeah. Right? Big time. There, there is no greater feeling than than to be able to be a representative of hope for someone who's hopeless. That that intangible feeling uh, of hopelessness is just the absolute worst. And to and to transfer that to someone else that, uh, to get boy, hopeless. I just I just thought of something really kind of interesting, which is that I I always you know you guys or what inspire me to do the work in abstinence-based recovery, right? You talk about as hope. There's only one kind of sober, Drew. <laughs> I know, but, but but you guys, you know, I only need to see one Todd to be good to go for a while. You yeah, know what I mean? right, right. I, we need to give this country that or the all the clinicians that, all the more. doctors that or something because they, they don't see it. They don't know what it is. I, and they don't, don't know how to help somebody get there anymore. Not Not my prayers. How do you navigate that? Because one thing I know is you're a great interventionist. People have told me. So where do you put people? Because you can't trust some rehab centers. That is so true. I uh, I carefully vet the, pla- the places where where I place. Uh, you can't trust Betty Ford. Let me just say it, and they can sue me. You cannot trust them. What, some, I, I've had. Why? What decent, are they going to do? Yeah, they put people in pain management, oh, and then they're okay. on Suboxone. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, okay. Yeah. yeah. You've I, had that experience. I, I, yeah. I, I disagree with people on long term <laughs> Suboxone use too. Um, mm-hmm. I, I'm really careful as far as – I'm glad you brought that up – where I put people in the treatment because I'm real leery about the places that are involved in body brokering and all that kind of crap. Oh, well, you're in Orange uh, County, that's right? A, that's a real sore spot for me. And uh, so I, I, I do not work with people who have pending awful lawsuits against them, people who are – I like people who have been in business for a long time, small places that really uh, – that are not mom and massive. Mom-and-pop places who have good hearts, big hearts, who scholarship often, 
people who are giving it away, often when people are broke. You know what I mean? There's a well, healthy we, balance there. So, so follow but, high, me. but hold on. And also good clinical team, good therapeutic team, all that stuff, the whole, the whole nine yards. You know? But what you we try us, to do to is promote list. those programs. Seriously. I will. Yeah. We're trying to promote those programs. Tim yeah. Chapman, I love, in, in Tustin, right? He has Chapman Recovery. Um, you know, it gets harder and harder because the mom and pops can't survive against the big SEOs Absolutely. and all this kind they're of stuff. They're getting eaten alive. They're, they're getting eaten So we need to support the mom and pops. Yes. Yeah, because I, I tend to send, I send people out of California. I just I can't I can't yeah I can't trust anything I don't know what I, and part of it's because I'm not Stony there vetting Brook them all is the time. Where you send Springbrook. Springbrook. I'm glad that you said that, Doctor Drew, yeah. because I'm often sending people out of state for a number of reasons, especially yeah. the younger person who yeah. needs to get the hell yes, out of that, their yes. immediate environment. That's that true to keep them somewhere else. Not yeah, to but, Florida though. No, <laughs> no. Well, do, are, do we send? I I I, <laughs> I, I brought it. Always do the <laughs> no, Oregon listen, place. But listen, no, I do. You talked to a couple of places, but I've been Arizona. Arizona. Yep, and and, uh, and I. Eric Clapton's place came out of my mouth the other That's day. That's really hard to get them there, though. Yeah, I know. I, that, the, the but you got to have a passport. I don't mind flying them there. I'll, I'll tell you why I thought I'm about. in. I'll tell you why I'm starting to go back, to refer back down there again. It's because amphetamine. The amphetamine, they're so nutty and so crazy, they so intractable. I, I need them somewhere like Thank away. Well, I tried, I tried to get a musician, a rapper in there. You got to get them from. This kid lived in Westlake Village. I don't even know where that is, but it's a horrible LA. drive. <laughs> Off the so, 101. So, yeah. And so you got to get him. You got to get him stimulant act, smoking coke. You got to get him to LAX, then fly to Miami, oh my then God. wait, then get on a different plane to fly to the Bahamas, and he has to have a passport. Yeah, yeah. Transporting, transporting an addict is one of the worst. Yeah. I, 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 I will not do it. Per, first off, I don't do it personally oh, anymore. I do it all the time. I, I, have, I have people transport those situations. I can't do it. No. I, I, I'll relapse on my own. I'm kidding. I'm <laughs> totally kidding. It's fun, though. It's fun. Because they go Bob, running off. I always thought that was fun. <laughs> if I want to go bald, it's fun. <laughs> I, I, just, but I realized when Bob was chasing Sizemore through the pink dot, that <laughs> yeah, this, yeah, so yeah. this was sport for him. He thought no, it was because so I'm trying fun. to outsmart them. You think it's so fun? I just want to be. I just want to be in a facility with walls. Yeah, and I like contained. Real contained. You know, I don't want to be on the streets chasing them through the streets with their. Craziness. I had some of the greatest times of my life. But let, I want to shine a little light on something we, we've been talking around. Make sure people get what we said there, which is yeah. that if you're going to refer to the small guys, you you have to vet them and revet and revet and revet because these things change depending upon their staff. And I, I don't, I don't refer enough to to be able to do that. But I, but I would trust you to do it. So I'll refer to your recommendation. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I have to continually stay in touch with them too. Yeah. And I don't have a list of a hundred. No, I'm I keep, sure not. I, I, I keep my list small. Yeah. And, and and to my hip pocket. Yeah. Gosh darn it! You got to be careful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh God. Yeah. <laughs> It's, so, a, it's a strange industry, right? I'm going to speak at a conference in San Francisco on March 2nd, and, and what I'm going up there to do is to warn about the recovery industry. They think I'm going there as an advocate for the recovery industry. I'm actually saying, <laughs> you better be very now. careful. Yeah. About yeah. who you choose to do yeah, get involved it, with? Yeah, it scares me when some guy who's got nine months as a CEO of a rock, <laughs> uh, of a rocking recovery center. It's like, dude, you haven't even done any work yourself. Hello. Yeah. And, and why do you think I'm going to send you any clients? Are you right. crazy? Yep. You know nothing. That's it's what's crazy. happening. That's what's happening. <laughs> because mom and dad have invested in you. Sorry, mm-hmm. it's not happening. Right, bro. Right. It happens a lot in Orange County. All the time. Yeah, yeah. Orange County's really come up. It used to be L.A., but uh, yeah. now it's Orange County. And um, you know, with the Bel Air treatment, the outpatient program, um, I have 
tons of experience and I really try to work that level of you got to do, you know, you cannot just put these guys on medicines. You have to do the hard work in those group meetings, in those group therapies. You have to do it in in the sessions. You have to work well, you're with saying, these guys. You were saying, yeah, the professionals need they to. The team needs to. to. Yeah, we yeah. have to work with them. Yeah. And it's, yeah. it's highly competitive, unfortunately. Yeah. And we're losing people to other treatment centers because of mm-hmm. some incentives. Yeah, yeah, and these, which is very that's a nice scary. way of putting it, right? I like to put things nicely. <laughs> there is a there is a guy I actually called him. So there's a sober living in Santa Monica, right? Who's paying a thousand dollars a head to the addicts if they'll leave the programs like Shelley's, who who you can you know have got the machinery to really make sure that these people are, are well insured and they can stay for three months. They're paying the addicts to leave her program and go to their program. Is that right? I didn't say that, but... <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> All right, let's take calls. I'm, I'm, I didn't I'm, say it, but he did. <laughs> disgusted. Man, let's take a call. Wow. Okay. All right. Let's uh, go to... Whole new level. Whole new level. Whole new level. This should be Christina. Dude, you haven't gotten this phone thing right. Is it? Are you there? Hold on. It takes, it takes a minute. That's part of the problem. Christina. We don't have that kind of patience. Yes. There you are. Hello. I'm here. I have a question, I think, primarily for the first part for Dr. Drew. Is it true that 98% of addicts have been victims of sexual abuse? And to follow that up, maybe for Shelly, Bob, and Todd, do you think that early counseling and intervention regarding sexual abuse would help deter Drug use and addiction. Let, let me let me work on this one a little bit, Christina. The what what you're referring to is there's been a lot of um, oh sort of semi press out there about people blaming addiction on trauma. You know, it's all about the trauma. It's all about the trauma. Well, for sure, trauma is a big inciting influence, and, and by trauma we we mean interpersonal trauma in childhood, physical abuse, sexual abuse, or neglect. Sexual abuse happens. It's I wouldn't say it's the most prominent, but it's there. It's common. Neglect is the big ten. Yeah, neglect is a big one. Physical abuse is pretty ubiquitous. So the, the trauma is, is a big, big feature. Uh, what trauma does is doesn't allow for the normal development of a what we call emotional regulation. You know, you're, you're, we have our emotions, but you also have a system that regulates those emotions. And that's an interpersonal experience. That's how that develops. And if you've been traumatized, you won't enter that frame of interpersonal discourse any longer. And so you don't develop your regulation and you're very dysregulated. Now you're dysregulated, you have trauma, you may have parts of yourself walled off that are sort of motivating inappropriate behaviors or acting out. And then you find drugs. And if you're genetically set up for a drug. And then it has to click. It has to click. It has to, you know, help feel the whatever. Man, does it click when it clicks, doesn't (laughs) it? And then off it goes. (laughs) So that's a common way addiction evolves. And that's a common way bad addiction evolves. So if you have bad enough addiction that you need to see me, Bob, or Shelly, our aphorism has always been you had childhood trauma because you're seeing us. That doesn't mean all addicts had childhood trauma. I don't think it's as high as 98%. No. No. no, no, it's no. It, but but trauma, I would say, is 90 percentile. Tra- 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 no, but to give you, it bad, bad addiction. I mean you could be a truck driver and doing meth. I'm and, telling you, the trauma these kids that we're dealing with, and I don't know what ones you're dealing with, this enmeshment and best friends, parents, 
parents that are a mess in their sex lives and their personal lives and their financial lives. That is abuse. Yeah, it's and like covert abuse. And we need to start identifying yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah, and there's we so need many to different start talking levels. about covert abuse. So many different levels of emotional trauma exist, too. You, it, it, there's so many different yes. variations yes. we can get into. Yes, and I emotional always... trauma for sure figures in as well. But, Christine, does that answer your question? Yeah, I guess it does. I, you know, just wondering, you know, I, I realize, I mean, obviously drug addiction and abuse needs to be addressed, but could people be reached at a earlier time in their life? Perhaps uh, not if, not perhaps. if it clicks. If it clicks, it clicks. No, no, she's saying, before, she's saying, what if you are... they use. And the, the kids that were early coming... Early intervention. Yeah, early intervention for sure is helpful. I think it's helpful yeah. because it's going to it's gonna put a frame together for when they are going to get a little bit older and they might start using those Here's strategies. Here's the problem. Here's the problem. The problem is that uh, these kids that come from the families where there's trauma aren't sort of into uh, therapeutic treatment, of typically. Course, of course, number one. And number two, the fact of the trauma makes these kids extremely distrustful and unwilling, extremely. Very. So it, it's not easy to get an adolescent engaged in anything meaningful around those kinds of issues. But education, yeah. I think education is always a key. Um, and I don't think that, that there's enough... Uh, long-term uh, sobriety to really go into those traumatic experiences. We have to get sober first. Yes, we so, so that's the, that's sober the, that's first. the other side. Please. Is do you, do you treat the trauma? When do you treat Please the trauma? Please get sober first. A lot of people get the yeah. trauma managed. Physical sobriety would be nice first. Yeah, yes. for a long time. That's right. Uh, yes. And sometimes sobriety done properly, manage, magically you manage a lot of that trauma. Yeah. Magically. Yeah, that, yeah. But I think it comes to the addict. If you get the addict sober. And you, you, maybe with Bradson, you've probably done something that I've done with friends of mine's kids who who were addicts and di- died or didn't die but are still addicts, is I push too fast, right? And they're saying, it doesn't really bother me. No, you're making it. I believe that in that moment, it does not bother them. But if you just back off and wait a year or two or three, so it will come back up and then you're available to help them. Absolutely. You have to, the therapist needs to, needs to, to meet the client where they are. Oh, you just yeah. nailed Absolutely. it. And, it, and it, it comes up sometimes, I hate to say it, in God's time. Or you, when, yeah, or when that time it, it erupts when mm-hmm. it's supposed to erupt. Right. We right. cannot force feed those things. No, I think it's a terrible idea because Well, that's it what treatment does, though. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. You cannot force feed it. Hey, you've got trauma. We need to address this Listen, now. Good luck. I was in treatment 24 times, and in my chart, it said that my sister was my mother. You <laughs> could, these therapists <laughs> couldn't wait to do a one-on-one with me. <laughs> Bob, it's, then, Bob, it's time to process. <laughs> well, process but, now. But but here, yes, exactly, are you still there, exactly. Christina? You'll, and I think we're much on. more sophisticated yeah. at it nowadays. Okay, yeah. we we did we get it? We good? Yeah, I, I guess it helps, you know, I want to it, say. it helps me to understand. I just, I've known people, you know, that from all walks of life, people that have had trauma of all sorts and not become addicted yes, to drugs. Yes, for they, sure. They, they, they don't have, have the gene. They yeah, don't have the gene. They don't have this genetic so, predisposition. That's yeah. what we're saying. Right. I'm saying you can have a, here's what I think is happening. We're having relatively trauma-free childhoods now in these bubbles and these echo chambers that kids grow up in. But the parents no sexual abuse, no physical abuse, none of the stuff that we kind of, our addict generation lived through. Now it's covert but these abuse. kids are covertly abused and enmeshed and neglected. And, and so it's not 
overt. It's not sexual abuse. It's not physical abuse. But it's a but it's a, a trauma. And since they have the genetic predisposition, you're talking about exposure rates and becoming heroin addicts at 16 years old. Yeah, uh, right, uh, right. With no sexual abuse history. I, I, I want to say one thing really quick to you, Christine, and I appreciate everything you're bringing up, and that is I want to share openly that I, I'm a survivor of a tremendous amount of trauma in my childhood, and I can tell you it took a heck of a lot of work. Once I got sober, by the way, it was only, it was only until I was about four and a half or five years sober I was actually willing to do some work behind it. I was in able. So, Thank you. And yeah. I was in so much pain, I had a loaded gun to my head at five years sober. Right. And had I not addressed it, I probably uh, would not be talking right. to you guys. Yeah. Right. It, right. It, it's of a, course. It's a common so, thing. Yeah. Right. Well, I guess in thinking about friends and family who are active or inactive addicts, um, it seems to me that there are underlying issues of abandonment, neglect. Yes. Uh, but but if you, you know, but, trauma, but, but Christine, if, then if, the drug use, then the drug use tends to take over, and that becomes the new correct issue. That's correct. Problem. But if but if you treat and, the but if you treat the underlying trauma before the addiction is completely at hand, the addiction will resurface immediately, and it will. You have to get the addiction thoroughly treated, and then as these guys are all telling you, then the trauma has to sort of be gently around. brought up in, in ways that can be intolerable doses, as we say. Slowly introduced. <laughs> right. yeah. so in addition. If, if, if it were like peeling an onion, the, the, the addiction is going to be the outside and the trauma, the inner core. I, I know. Well, you kind of, but I, I think of them as two separate you problems that overlap. And become, two big you, onions. You, you yeah, get, two big onions. Yeah, really two, big. Two no, big I've, onions. I've yeah. had this. This is a, t- this is a question yeah. a lot of parents yeah. ask me. Yeah. I always say the, the un- you have to get sober in order to become an onion, yeah. to have the insight to start seeing the different levels of how your trauma or how your family yeah. history has created how you actuate in the world, in, mm-hmm. especially in interpersonal relationships. I'm imagining like me, what was happening at the five-year point is you, you lost I, a relationship. You lost. Well, I lost more than that. My son told me he hated me and wanted to move back with his mother. I lost the relationship that uh, to another man, and my home was condemned because I refused to uh, bring it up. I think to we code. call that stress, right? Stressors. Think we call that stressors. No, that's being an asshole, and then finally you got to pay up. <laughs> it was it was terrifying. It was terrifying memories that's coming true. coming up from my subconscious. <laughs> sure. Terrifying memories coming up that right. I could no longer stuff. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, that's you all. don't have the. And drugs. it's all good now, guys. Yeah, it's, it's all good. Well, it's, Todd's all kinds addiction it's, specialist. It's much better. Shelly Sprague, Bob Forrest. We're gonna take a little break. We will be right back. Friends at Bergamot are back. It's, of course, a brand that's made an impact on us here. It makes a variety of supplements. They use the extract of the bergamot citrus fruit. It's full of polyphenols. It's a supplement that acts as a natural statin and may improve a number of cardiovascular conditions and fatty liver disease, as well as potentially high blood pressure and other things associated with the metabolic syndrome. Now the makers are bringing you a formulation called Bergamot Sport that provides all the same cardiovascular benefits, but with some additives designed to aid athletes and those with an active lifestyle. Bergamot Sport may help improve stamina as well as reduce recovery time and muscle inflammation. In an ongoing study, professional soccer players were asked to use Bergamot Sport, and the documented improvements have been impressive. I use the product. First Lady of Love uses the product, the Bergamot Femme. 
Physicians and cardiologists around the world are recommending it. And for a limited time, our listeners can save 10% on their order by entering the code DRDREW at checkout. That's Dr. Drew at checkout, all one word. To try Bergamet Sport for yourself, visit bergamet.com. That is B-E-R-G-A-M-E-T.com. Or also you can click on the Bergamet banner at drdrew.com. Well, we're so pleased to have Hydrolyte back. Hydrolyte is something that we and my family use just about every day, and it is simply the best oral rehydration product I have ever seen. And there are many reasons you should keep some around. I got the flu. I relied on Hydrolyte because I knew it would rehydrate me the way an IV fluid would. We all have heard about the flus and the diarrheas, and they all knock you out. Staying well hydrated is critical to getting over these conditions. Even if you manage to avoid getting infected, your schedule is half as busy as mine. Getting eight glasses of water a day isn't likely to happen. And you don't need it if you've got the proper hydration product, Hydrolyte. That is the beauty. Whether you're sick or not, you can absolutely benefit from proper balance of sodium, glucose, and water. Hydrolyte does this better than a sports drink or water alone. That's right, better. It comes in great flavors like orange, berry, lemonade. It's available in a pre-mixed powder. My personal preference is a little effervescent tablets. You can simply drop in a bottle of water or a glass of water, and you're done. You got it, and you are rehydrated. And compared to sports drinks, Hydrolyte delivers up to four times the electrolytes with 75% less sugar. I know. Don't buy into the hype of the brands. Use Hydrolyte. It's a better product. I'm telling you, I had intended to invent it. They got there first, so I'm all behind them. Hydrolyte solutions are appropriate for all ages, and each bottle or package includes easy-to-follow dosing instructions. Order Hydrolyte today, hydrolyte.com slash drdrew. That is hydrolyte.com slash drdrew. And for a limited time, our listeners can save 30% on Hydrolyte. We actually buy in bulk in our family, so we're going to click through. Believe me, just click the banner on my site and use the code drdrew18. That is D-R-D-R-E-W-18. All right, we are right. back, we and are uh, back. I want to take a call before we get into solving the world's problems here. <laughs> Just the drug addicts' problems. All right, this is uh, somebody calling for Todd. Go right ahead there. Hey, you're on the air. Whoever's name this is, I don't have. <laughs> calling for Todd. Hey, y'all. Uh, my, name is, my name is Blake Snyder. I'm with Mississippi State. How are y'all doing today? Hey, hey Blake. Hey, good, good. What's going on, Blake? Not much. So I wanted to call in, um, and I was hoping Todd could talk about the screening uh, of his film that's coming up in Mississippi State. And then furthermore, if he could speak a little bit to collegiate recovery, because um, yes. I'm not sure how many viewers are involved acquainted with, yeah. with collegiate recovery. Great. Well done. Well, oh, Blake. Uh, well, first, thank you. Thank you for taking the time to call in. And uh, we, we're very excited to be coming out to your school. Where at? We're going to be at Mississippi State uh, at the uh, end of March. And we're going we're to be screening the Long Way Back film, which we've already done at a at a few colleges already. Awesome. We're, we, oh, amazing. We've, bec- we've become really involved with the uh, CRC, these these college recovery on campus. Is that Stacy uh, Matthewson? Pardon me? Stacy Matthewson? There's a there's 170 college uh, recovery That's community. That's amazing. You should, you should try. Hey, a second. Let me yeah. get this kid back. Because uh, yeah. it just Did occurred to me now. I put him on hold. Hey, what's your name, by the way? Oh, is this? Blake. Oh, no. You know what? His Wrong. name was Blake. Blake. His name yeah. was Blake. Yeah. Hey, Blake? Blake? Blake Snyder. Hey, Blake. <laughs> you know, you know, there, there I, we are. <laughs> my, my, there's a, you want to form an SEC sort of uh 
connection and the recovery because I know each uh, Vanderbilt's got a big program and well, t- uh, yeah. uh, well all the big universities we're, we're really on involved that. in this right now Dr. Drew in fact we just got back from the from the University of Colorado at Boulder had a summit where 37 major universities attended and, and almost 300 uh, students in, in from colleges all over the country attended they screened the film and uh, I was fortunate and I had the privilege to be the keynote speaker there and we're really actively involved in carrying this message of of not only awareness and education, but also with with uh, with of course sharing this hope by, by way of the film, and it's been a, a wonderful experience. And, and Blake, uh, we can't wait to come out there and see you guys and uh, talk to talk to all you young people that, that are doing this deal in recovery. And if and for people who who are wanting help and want to talk one on one, I'll make myself available as I did at East Carolina, as I did out there in Colorado, and um, it's it's going to be a lot of fun. Just Co- thinking, you guys, awesome. you guys, you guys show up for each other's football. Games. Put the word out of the SEC. Well, here's here's why the colleges are getting so involved. So I I was a part of this early on, and you got a lot of. We have a zero tolerance campus. We don't know what you're talking about. Uh, With a woman named Stacy Mathewson who lost her son uh, in college in his in his dorm, mm -hmm. and what was happening was students were getting. Uh, health, uh, you know, things, excuses to leave college to go get drug treatment and going right back where everybody's smoking weed and drinking every night and football games or whatever. So she became an advocate to have one sober dorms put put aside for people with addiction problems, right? Fantastic. That, that, over 10 years I've watched it change where all the universities want it now. Guess why, Drew? Because they're losing so much money because drug addicts who were in their university are leaving and they're losing the tuitions. And so it really is about... You know what? Simplest solution, uh, uh, Las Vegas, uh, I mean, Nevada at Reno is the first one, have an outpatient clinic in their college. I I don't care about the motivation as long as the outcome is good for people. No, but people need to know what works, and that is outpatient in the health facility of the university and sober dorms set aside for the kids that are in it. Yeah, yeah. the stigma of, of getting help, you know, it, it's so tough for these young people who are on campus when the places are raging and just crazy with drinking, crazy with drug use. To see these young people who are two, three, four years sober, it was miraculous, okay? There's 170 colleges doing this, okay? And and they're active in their recovery. They're sponsoring people. I mean, it's it's alive. It's a grassroots yep. thing that's mm-hmm. amazing. Yep, mm-hmm. I've seen it. That's fantastic. So let's talk about uh, frustration so and solutions. <laughs> Here we go. I mean, but are these guys really high-functioning? Because, I mean, they're in college. High, uh, I mean, oh, they must on. be high-functioning kids. I, I, got, I got to spend time with 50-plus of these people one-on-one. Uh-huh. A lot of them, and we all, we all know this, that a lot of these people come into recovery now as a result of narcotics. They get driven uh-huh. into our programs because of drugs. Right. They are getting the message early mm-hmm. and they are and they are fu- functioning mm-hmm. in colleges and getting right. advanced degrees because uh-huh. you know what they're getting the miracle right well our, right. our fear is that they get the replacement therapy and then go back to college uh, are they giving so us let's an have the debate space? No, no 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 they are active in 12-step okay. programs yeah. and, right. and like i said they yeah. they're going to meetings regularly we, we had meetings while i was out there uh-huh. yeah there's and, meetings and, on these campuses i mean yeah amazing. that's yeah. huge on yeah. campus that's huge. that's what's cool about it that's great that's so heartwarming because you know my seven 
17 year old is going to go off to college pretty soon, you know, and I'm thinking, well, maybe she could, she could go to college in another country because <laughs> I don't know Listen about this. this one. Listen to this. Texas Tech University has the largest sober population really? of this program type. And get a load of this. This is so awesome. I believe there's something going on where if you stay sober, if you're proving that you're doing it, they have like actual book incentives, like $3,000 a year uh-huh. to help you along with your college. Wow. How cool. That's phenomenal. How cool. That is Winds so amazing. Yep. Yeah, Winds we just change. have to keep beating down the doors, guys. We so, just have to keep talking about take it. Take another call. Is this, uh, well, I thought we were going to talk about Suboxone. I know, but I, I, it, was, it was so positive. I want to keep going. <laughs> James, go ahead, James. I don't want to shift over. Yeah, James. <laughs> James. Yeah, this is James. Hey, buddy, what's up? Uh, me and my wife are having kind of a crisis with one of our good friends, Diane. She uh, was eight years sober from pill. Well, actually, I'll just let you talk to my wife. Okay. There you go. That's a smart guy. Our friend Diane has always been a little bit of an alcoholic, but she's functioning. She's always held down jobs and gotten her son to and from school. Um, she had a little bit of with with uh, pain pills. But she was able to get off those on her own, and it's been about eight years. So recently, she started dating a meth dealer. And I just found out from her this week that she's now injecting it. Oh, my gosh. We've got to stop that right away. Holy moly. Right away. Boy, we were so high. Right we were riding high with your story oh, of the man. colleges. We were getting and some... now the reality of what's really going on. Yeah, but the, well, the meth thing is huge right here's now. What I, it's huge. Here's what I – That's the, Shelly's Here's thing. the issue is that, that if you get sober off of one thing but you're still functioning, quote, unquote, on another thing, you're a sitting duck for anything coming down the pike. Yeah. From a guy with some meth and all of a sudden it's – there's no recovery. There has to be – recovery involved in your life if you have problems, quote-unquote. The minimization of I'm a functioning alcoholic, no one is a functioning alcoholic. If they function in one area of their life, that's not functioning. If they function in two areas, we have five functioning areas. There is no functioning alcoholics. If you're an alcoholic, you're only functioning barely. And if people are letting you get away with it and drive your kid around, then that's a shame. That's really a shame. Treatment needs to exist right away for this person. Methamphetamine creates mental illness and people do not yeah. come back from it and i have absolutely had watching watching people become borderline schizophrenics because they are having a good time you know with their new boyfriend is just not okay with me so she needs she, she, needs, she don't mess around <laughs> way to go yeah there's something sinister about that drug. no she's yeah. got so That's much terrible. meth yeah. in her program I now can't. it's the new I, drug I of choice they, they eventually yeah. in almost all cases look either manic or schizophrenic that's and right. they start getting delusional and they start getting paranoid about everybody around them and, that's and i guarantee you the violence comes from the meth yep but what it, there's another mistake right. that people make which is Oh, she's 35 now and she's outgrown it. No, it gets worse. The burden of alcoholism and the mental torment of of a a fractured soul gets worse as you get older. It doesn't get better. It's not alcoholism and the thinking behind it and the emotional dysregulation behind it doesn't get better with time. It gets worse. And so she, she was primed for something like this to happen. Right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, there's no doubt. I mean, you're, you're no longer hitting happy hour. You're shooting meth. It's bad. It's yeah. bad. This isn't good. So, <laughs> I mean, what book? It's not do, okay. What do you want, Jane? Or what's your name? I'm sorry. 
They, I'm Michelle. Michelle. Michelle, you need to intervene immediately, and you and you need to not be politically correct about it. Yeah, but how it. how do they do that? She doesn't want treatment. They, she's she, with her boyfriend. She's paranoid, psychotic, whatever. Then they can have better boundaries and say and we he, don't. You know, I just think America needs better boundaries. And I go directly to that person and say, "Listen, I don't like what you're doing. I don't want my kids around you. Yeah. I don't want my kid playing with your kid, and that breaks my fucking heart." Yeah. But you, what you need help, and I'm not going to be somebody who just stands by and says, oh, she's yeah. just getting along, This whatever. isn't working for us. Yeah. <laughs> this doesn't, it's not cool in our house. Because addicts understand consequence. Yeah. Only. If that. Yeah. Well, that's what helped with me. And, Nobody wanted and, to and it takes a lot of courage. Yeah, years of it. Years <laughs> and, of consequence. And it takes a lot of courage to do that, and there's so much fear behind it. But I I'll think people want to do it, but they're scared because of the political correct climate and all this. Yeah, you should call us. We're not afraid. Well, everyone's yeah, not. walking on eggshells because of the addict, and I'm sick and tired. Yeah, I'm, I'm so tired you. of them running the show. I've had it. And, and, and just go for it. Tell them it's, not, uh, it's unacceptable. It's unacceptable. And, and get but you them love them, into, but, 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 but with yeah, love. Definitely but with love. With love but, you know? but get them in front of a, a professional. That's what they need. They need a professional help right away. Right. And so... Hang on. Her family is... The, they just are, would like to pretend that nothing is an issue. Her mom smoked crack with her when she was like 12 years old. And there's the so trauma. They're, they're not supportive. She doesn't have insurance and definitely can't afford a rehab. Do I just tell her I can't be friends with her anymore? Or is is there a child involved? Yeah. Yes. Well, that would call child, child, child. The child yeah. have health well, well, insurance. Call child protective services immediately. Immediately. Oh, wait, wait. I just want to make one point. This is a this is a functioning alcoholic who doesn't even have health insurance. But this is, we've got to stop believing the lies about people. Here's the beautiful thing about meth, though, is that it requires no detox. Okay? Yeah. Yeah. The person just needs a couple of good nights, uh, you know, a little sleep. little Seroquel. Yeah, <laughs> and, and, and tell the person that you love them. Uh, she needs help. And you have to distance yourself. But there's plenty of places, by the way, that'll take her. Red I, Gate. I, I, Red Charlie Gate. Red Street. Street. The Rock Charlie, Center. Rock Center. Charlie you know Street. Do you know this place? Yeah, of course I know. I've taken... Charlie Street. I've been there several hundred times yeah, in my sobriety. my new favorite place. You know Chuck Davis? What's that? I don't know Chuck, Chuck Davis. Chuck told me about Charlie Street. You can just bring a drug addict there, Drew, with no money Where is and it? no insurance. Costa in Mesa. Costa, Costa Mesa. Mesa. Yeah. Where, 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 I didn't well, believe a place like that. Salvation Army? What state are you calling from? Uh, it's got to be a mail, though, we're for Charlie Texas. Street. Where? Texas. Colorado. Oh, Colorado. So Arapaho House. Arapaho House has there's a series of them. They're excellent. Arapaho House. There's great recovery. There, there's yeah. there's really lots good. and lots of there's nonprofits. Yeah, Arapaho women's program. There, it's all community supported. I've gone up there and seen them and spoken to them. It's an amazing program outside of Denver, all through the Denver area. Arapaho House. They will take her immediately for nothing. For but nothing. She, she's got to be go. willing. Got to want to. And if she's not willing. You got. You have an obligation but to call child, take child protective services. You have an obligation. She is not a fit mom. She's shooting meth. Absolutely not. Scary. It's going on everywhere. It's really scary. so now, Bob. Now you get your. Now that we've gone a little negative. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 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 Right, so I'm going to be the Suboxone advocate because I've lost literally over a hundred kids that I had in groups with me at 19 and 21 and 22, and it changed my mind about survival. Right. I'm with you and Shelly with my friends who are 40. Like, you know, yeah, you need to tough love and buck up and and 12 step absence based treatment. That's not the clients I'm seeing. They're not very savvy. 
They're not very sophisticated. They have no coping skills. They have no job skills. They have codependent parents. And they go from treatment center to treatment center, like using their insurance card like it's a Motel 6 card. Yeah. And at a certain point, you, when they've OD'd seven times, been brought back with Narcan seven times, you have to say there is a place for Suboxone in, the, in, in this community I don't really want to be involved in it. But let's call it what it is. It's harm reduction. It's yeah. survival. It's, it's literal physical mortality survival. Yeah. And that's okay. Yeah. There's there's a couple arguments here. But but at what point do you, pull, do you pull the plug on it? Right. At what point do you say, it's robbing Peter to pay Paul. It's no different than methadone. The stuff makes you feel great. It does. Yeah. I've been on it. Oh. I've never been on it. I was on it to get off of the drugs. And no. how, how long were you on it for? I, how long was oh, I on yeah. it? Seven to ten days, and I was taken off of it. I was on Subutex. Can you imagine staying on it for a month or two months or six months? It's try, impossible. Try, to try working with an intervention client who's been on it for two years yeah. and watching him rip off his skin with his yeah. hands. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's no, terrible. it's hideous. It's hideous. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm taking people off of Suboxone, and they don't want to come off it. I'm they do sh- not shocking. want to come off Why it? would you? No it way. makes you feel fabulous. Yeah, you know, and then and they're you in stop treatment. T- they're telling me what time it is all day about how <laughs> they don't need this and they don't need twelve steps, and their 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 addiction doesn't require that level. Somebody told me this: my addiction doesn't require that level of accountability. Twelve <laughs> step. Me, I was like, whoa. Have them stop taking it, and it's like, welcome to the world, Hello. Junior. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and exactly. thank God that I had to go through that experience of terrifying detox. Well, I'm glad your that I did. detox sounds just. But I'm Look, what I keep saying gosh. is, and I've, I'll say it, I've never in my 25 years of treating heroin addicts did I ever, did these words ever come out of my mouth, we've got to find a way to detox heroin addicts. It's just not working. No, no, had, I'm stealing had, that from you. We had no trouble getting people off heroin ever. I knew exactly that. I get them off too, no problem. We didn't lose I was heroin getting, addicts in I was getting, Here's the thing about all these heroin addicts scared of heroin withdrawal. I got myself off of it while I was out of my mind a hundred times with Valium cocaine and alcohol the heroin withdrawals are so easy to cover up you're talking about a little bit of vodka a couple of b- b- diazepam and and From a little bit of cocaine heroin addicts part of the addiction <laughs> part of it people don't understand they used to talk about this in the literature a coma from that they used to have that what to call heroin have a pathological fear of withdrawal it's mm-hmm. a feature of the disease it a is. overwhelming I preoccupation with I the withdrawal, it. which is not that bad. Yeah, do you think? Do you think a lot of it is because you guys? It's like, wait a minute, stop doing these opiates that are killing you. But wait a minute, I've got this thing. You're not going to feel sick anymore. Just take it every day. Just yeah. take it every day. Yeah, of course, because we're we're of, we're of this mindset in our society that's like we're so impatient. Mm-hmm. We are so, and we're in such fear of how we're going to feel. Right. We also don't know how pathological we are. Like what? The, okay. I just I just need something to cover up my heroin addiction. What that, what's the big deal? There's no doubt I just need to it. stop using heroin. That's that's my problem but, is but, using heroin. But at what point do we start feeling what is real? Okay, <laughs> when do we actually recognize? Because that's when we actually okay, so, start. So to that's treat. that's the patient side. How about my peers that won't allow people to go through withdrawal or to or stay with them through that difficult process of learning how to feel? They but, won't do it. Let's so go in a different direction because we just gone like off in the, every other show about Suboxone. I, I <laughs> here's the thing. I, I did some research. In 1985 is when I became a daily user, when I knew I don't want to be sick ever again, and I'm never going to. 1985. In 1985, the CDC or whatever said there were 558,000 known opiate addicts in America. Sure. Right? 
So say there was a million, Drew. Yeah. Say that number okay. was wrong by half. Yeah. Right? Now, now there, now there was a million. There are now 20, 20 million 20 Americans million. who are opioid addicts. 20 million. Right, right now? Substance yeah. use yeah. Right disorder. Now. Yeah. 20 million. Million. That is 20 Opiates. times what it was. Now, here's what I found. It's all prescription. And this is all. just a cultural thing. Okay. Those and that, doesn't, that, by the way, does, does not count the pain patients. And benzodiazepines. And the benzo addicts. That right. Another 10 so, so think that about this. Uh, those 558,000, I guarantee you, most of them were pretty interesting and could tell a story and really knew how to, how to have a lust for life. These, the last 50,000 I've met are not that. Do you understand what I'm saying? Okay. It's everyday Americans. It's, it, there is yeah. not sexual abuse and trauma like well, there was what, what of those 558,000. There's this enmeshment and codependency, and they're just not, it's not, they're not seeking what addicts are seeking right. to the fourth dimension, to thrive. <laughs> to, they're not. Or they just want to be they normal. Rock, they just want to be normal. So let them be on Suboxone. But it's we my also, solution. We also created, no. it, we also had no, a genius no. marketing scheme 25 years ago, which started it all. Yeah. Okay. Which started the overall opiate marketing machine. We all know how it started, and it started 20 plus years ago. Yeah. Well, that, it, it created it created what we're in right now. Well, there were, there was more complex stuff that most people aren't aware of. As a physician, I had to experience it. They started threatening doctors with prison and fines if they didn't treat pain. Correct. Then they made pain the fifth vital sign, what so it was level? as important yeah. as your pulse. Yeah. And then if you if a, if you a patient left treatment without their pain being treated. Aggressively. Who are they? The question well, is, who are they? they you, were, do, you refuse to believe it was Purdue Pharmaceuticals. They, they, how, how would <laughs> Purdue have done that? How do they make the pain the fifth vital sign? Pay the lawyers. I'm going to go meet them all. Oh, oh no, they were involved. With the, so, so as lawyers and pa- patient advocacy groups. And, and and no, I'll do you one better. As anesthesiologists who couldn't find a job. Well, that's a different thing. That's that's, that's the that's, pain management clinics. That's who was running them. Okay, so then we became afraid to treat pain, so we sent everybody to the pain management doctors who had a in professional discipline that pain is what the patient says it is, right. whatever that means. Right. And then pain relief is what the patient says it is. And that went all the way to pain treatment being literally a menu that the patient just goes, I want this, I want this, I want this, I want this, and then leaves. Right. And, and uh, Now, this is what I want to ask you as a physician, mm-hmm. Dr. Drew, and that is at what point, though, do you draw the line when what we call – the exaggeration of subjective complaints versus objective findings. Objective findings when, hey, I've got an MRI. Like right now, let, I've got something me, that, that, let, that's got you, – right? You have to think – you have okay. to think you, – you, as, as you're asking me as the clinician. Okay. So I have to think like what would I say on the witness stand when the patient sues me for in, 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 criminal action for inadequate treatment of pain? Uh, no, so we're on the same team here. So, so listen. So, I, so to answer <laughs> it, I have to think of – well, when they take the criminal action to try to put me in prison for in, for reckless negligence because okay. I didn't, they succeeded in doing this it, for inadequate treatment of pain. I have to go. Well, it was my opinion. Well, are you experiencing the pain, Doctor Pinsky? Did the patient tell you they were not having Doc, pain relief? That's that's the Doc, ridiculousness. My of this. point being is yeah. that an MRI for like a knee strain. Let's just yeah. if my MRI shows there is no objective findings on a on a that, minor knee strain, I can't say I've got acute radical pain for oh, a year. That's Absolute BS, and we know it. But, but yeah, but on the witness stand, they don't care. That's the problem. Oh, that's such that's, crap. That's why. That's why we're in the mess we're in. But but my whole point is, and wow. this is where Drew and I differ, yes. is what was behind all that? Who made the money off of that? Lawyers did. 
right? For sure, Drew. Lawyers. Insurers. Oh, I know who made some money. Anesthesiologists off of and pain and management pain clinics management did, clinics. and big pharma did. Yeah. Wow, imagine that. Mm-hmm. But pharma didn't have to do anything. For that all to happen. That's well, the point. Why are they willing now out? to take no? responsibility to for it? To the lawyers? No, the doctor's to, offices. No, why? What do they do? Well, they, don't, they don't come to uh, me. No, no, no. I'm talking about the sales reps. Who sales reps can't, can't, come, can't come into they doctor's offices anymore. They can't anymore, but no, they no, could no, 20 years, years ago. No, years ago, I'm saying, when they started it all. And what would they do? I'd I like for them. you guys they would to show, try this. They would show the trumped-up <laughs> BS <laughs> argument that, that opiates, don't, opiates don't cause addiction that Portnoy yes, wrote. They right. brainwash doctors at, at, at cruise, on cruise ships to believe happen. this. They, I have they, they videotape do it, they do of the your, Purdue guy. They do it in your office. They do it in your office, and I, would, I used to chase them out. But, like but that's you as an individual practitioner. Yeah. But doctors were signing up to go on these cruises, right? And the, I have videotape of a, of the marketer from Purdue going, who wants to be a millionaire? That's how oh, he yeah, opened yeah, yeah. the I saw seminar. That too. Right? Yeah, I saw that. So, so, so there was profit behind it. And I believe you could connect that they were the ones funding the lawsuits. Hey, Doc, uh, Find uh, that. across the it. board, don't you yeah. think if you if you took all the doctors, don't you think that really it's just a small percentage? Yes. Yeah. A small yes. percentage. Yeah. Yes. It's not even I doctors. Think it's not, I think it's 90 plus percent are really, of really, really of the highest ethical, sure. you know what I mean, with, with decision making. Yes, I think course. it's a small percentage that have created I, I'll the do beast, you one better. A right? lot of the people that ran the Florida pain management clinics were not doctors. They were anesthesiologist groups. And, what made you think anesthesiologists are because Because I've been researching Bob, Bob. it. Anesthesiologists are highly trained physicians. The pain, Bob, it's the pain highly management trained. guys, like in Arkansas, and Kentucky, they, where they open these. Listen, things. Ohio. They no. went. Why did they go into? Why in the nineties did they go into the <laughs> anesthesiologist track? Because you could make four hundred thousand right. dollars being so an they, anesthesiologist. So that's four to five years. So they were already economically motivated that's people. That's true. Then when they came out into the marketplace, there were no jobs. No, that's not true. What what happened was they could make more money doing local blocks and injectables and things you know, these procedures procedural medicine took over. But a lot of and anesthesiologists, so, the schools opened up and there was more people becoming anesthesiologists. No, no absolutely not. We had we actually had a shortage. We had to have yes. That that after that shortage, people no, went no, into that. No. That's what that's you're you believe in capitalism. That's what made the price <laughs> go up to four hundred thousand because there was a shortage. Right, of them. but they they never ever had a glut. There was never a glut. They they, they don't make $400,000 a year now. I guarantee you that. No, all doctor salaries went way, way down. It wasn't unique. And maybe because they were financially motivated, then they wanted to go out into these procedural things. So they weren't really interested in, di- in sending out, prescribing pain medication. They were interested in nerve blocks and procedures right. and things like that. But and that's ERs, what became though. pain management? Did it yeah. grow out of that? No, that that is pain management. Not grow out of that. That is what pain management is. And if they couldn't get full relief with these procedures and all these things they were doing, here's some pain medicines. That's why the menu was there because they didn't want to deal with that. They just hear whatever you say pain control is, that's what pain control is. Choose the ones you want. Hey, Bob, have you read the book called Dreamland? Yes, I saw the documentary. Have you read the book Dreamland? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that that just tells all about how all those. He's a little prejudiced too, though. But but uh, I'm pretty always accurate trying to... though about how some of those things started. But you know, it's just it, fascinating it. to me that now Purdue is going to turn to the recovery industry to 
What do you find mean? a solution? Wait, wait. Because they're what being they held accountable. They want to settle like the tobacco industry did. Are they going to open up a big rehab center? <laughs> are they, they going to make it all free? Is it Purdue Detox? Oh, no, I've been no, dreaming no, about no, it. Wait, wait, wait. No, I just saw Doc, an is it true? I yeah. I Bob Shelley's got it. A half wait, wait, wait. a million acre detox center sponsored <laughs> by Purdue. Oh. It's going to happen. No, no, no. Get out of Dodge. My boss sent me something yeah, from Purdue yeah. specifically. What day was, was it? Josh it? or Paul? It was Josh. He sent yeah. me. Purdue um, is getting into how do we rectify the situation? We had no idea of what it would cause. Oh my gosh, we're going to be responsible, just like the b- big farm, hey, a big, Bob, big tobacco did. They've got a few Bitcoin. They can handle it. <laughs> oh Why did it take them no, so long? No, no. It get says it says party? this. It was it was uh, you USA know Jansen's today. Been out there trying to help. It was USA Today, and it was a decision by OxyContin maker Purdue Pharma to stop encouraging physicians to write painkiller scripts. It is drawing positive reviews from opioid experts who caution that far more work must be done to crush the painkiller epidemic. Yes. And That's not a rehab get... center. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. they, are, they are going Purdue to. Says, oh, I was aware of that article. Purdue says it's slashing its sales. No, the question is they're going to be held like <laughs> bi- uh, what was the big tobacco tooth thing? $5 billion? Oh, it was way more than that, I think. More? Oh, yeah, oh, for, huge. They well, made, Purdue they made 14, doesn't have 14, that 14 billion much. Yeah, I think it's it 14 or 22 maker, I think it went up to at some point. It says Purdue is facing uh, hundreds of Hundreds of lawsuits. Of lawsuits. Mm. So they want the lawsuits. Mo- they many, want- many are probably class action kinds of lawsuits. Yeah. So so anyways, I believe, yes, we all now can track how it happened. The question is what to do what about it. What are we going to do about it? And my my take is the, the, the three or four million people that I believe are real addicts, like the book says real alcoholics, I believe there's a lot of people that don't have the fundamentals, especially the young people, mm. who aren't the fundamentals. They don't even understand AA, let alone, let alone comprehend it and, and, mm-hmm. and act on it and, to, and really understand it. But, so they're not going to do AA, I guarantee you. Mm. But, 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 but I go to some groups... That a lot of young people are getting sober. Yes, they are because and there's 20 million the, of them. But but it's cool that a lot are getting it. Yes, yeah, a getting lot it. are getting it, but a lot are not. Uh, a ton aren't. Yeah, and a so ton, the and a ton is, won't. Of those ton that aren't, do we want them to die at 20? Or do we want them? No, to... we don't want anyone to die at twenty. Bob. Well, then we, we can't be so adamantly against I'm suboxone. Not, I'm not. I'm not. None of us are. You are. I just call I it was. what it is, <laughs> which is harm reduction. Harm reduction. It's not harm so much reduction. being against suboxone. It's I'm just saying if you're on it long term, it's not true sobriety. If it prevents you from right. putting a needle in your arm for the rest of your life yes, and dying right. from an OD. And, Wonderful. And so okay. that's Todd's version. That's and, and my version is I'm concerned about the excessive enthusiasm for it that it's yeah. given to everybody all the time. Because there's money to be made and, off it. I well, have no, because people... they, they don't know what addiction is. They've never seen a treatment of addiction. All, their, their idea of treatment of addiction is, is suboxone. suboxone. Right. Yeah. It Period. Is suboxone. End. Yeah. And yes. by the way, if my profession were doing such a great job of responding to their understanding of addiction, why, did, why is Tom Petty dead? Why is, why is, uh, Prince, Chris, why is Chris, Prince Cornell dead? Why is Prince dead? Mm-hmm. Same exact behavior, giving drug addicts opiates and benzodiazepines. Let me just read you another factor this friend of mine sent me who, who works in addiction counselor. He said – um, about the suboxone, you know, promotion, all this that he deals with hundreds of these young people. Does do the do the doctors know that they are not going to take their meds as prescribed? Do they know <laughs> no. that they're not they're they're going to no, sell they, them and trade that. them? They, so well, so there's doctors, that. My doctors do. The are doctors, they doing? Are they? Our doctors. How do. are they testing for other drugs? 
Um, we because 70% of Suboxone users are using another drug. Well, we don't Illicit prescribe. Drug. We don't prescribe. Illicit we drug. test. We we test three times a week. What do you test for? Everything. Okay, good. We send it to the lab. You observed. Benzos. Observed. observed. Yes, okay. yes. Okay. I'm like most places I'm don't like, do that. I know because yeah. it's a pain in the ass. <laughs> and number two, good. people run in droves from the treatment facility because they're really giving them treatment. Yes, right. They're running from me. They're like, "Why are we having a fifty percent AMA rate?" I'm like, "Because I'm doing real treatment here." Yeah, that's yeah. why. Because I'm asking them to test three times a week and because I'm asking them to be accountable and responsible because I'm asking them to show and, up and every day. And are those also on My gosh. A lot of them, that. Lot of yeah. them are also on Suboxone? No, no, no. I only have – I literally only have 15% of the entire Good. population on Suboxone, That's what it should be. It should, yeah, that's about right. You should have 15, <laughs> 20%. Good. But I'm having people come into the detox and say – do you use Suboxone here? Oh, before before they of know course, anything. Of course. And when my doctor like says, no, I don't think we're going to go that route with you. Oh, they start talking to the other clients. They're like, he's getting Suboxone. Why am I not getting Shelley, Suboxone? If blah, you, blah, Shelly, blah, blah, if you blah. remember, that's why I didn't allow it on our unit. I know. The splitting behaviors crazy. are so crazy. The sp- if you have an opiate on the unit of any stripe, the splitting goes, you can't run a program. It's through, it's through the roof. That's I why I didn't do it. It wasn't that I had I massive objections to Suboxone. I can't run a program. It's true. It's it, true. Remember, I used to send people upstairs to the other unit no and say, kidding. get it there. I wish I had another unit yeah. to send them to. Trust me. Please. It wasn't, I'm going to send them to Aloe House. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Send right. them to you. I'm, right. I'm starting a whole Suboxone track. Let's talk about you, the. You start the Suboxone track. I'm going to start the abstinence based. But they're going to all be amongst themselves, not with sober people. Okay, like, good. Wait a second. Let me ask okay, my producer. Sorry. We have a bunch of calls. Okay, yeah, we go. Do. How are we doing? Go with the we calls. Do? We're doing oh, we have a movie to talk about. Oh, okay, let's go to calls here. Okay. All right, here we go. Oh, I'm I'm happy being with you guys. <laughs> We're happy right. you're I, here. I, I like this. All right, this is uh, <laughs> this is fun, right? This is good. I like you guys. It's fun. What's wrong with you? Albert, yeah. is that you? Albert. Yeah, how you doing, Dr. Drew? I called in a little while ago about Stephen. You remember me? I'm not sure. Please go. Keep going. I'm sure it'll. my memory was not so good these it was, days. It was, about the, it, was, it was with you and uh, Jason Ellis about the marijuana oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, question. Yeah, about yeah. It. Well, you know, like I said, I, I, have, my own, I have my own personal problem. I, I end up getting on prescription pills. Because of a doctor, I suffer from a medical condition where I have rhabdomyolysis. You familiar with that condition, Doctor Drew? Rhabdomyolysis. Well, rhabdomyolysis is a cute condition, and then it goes away. So why are they still treating you with opiates? Yeah, I, I, I have, I have the, because of genetics. It wasn't something you know, like because it, it's something I have genetically. Do you have McCart? Do you have? The, uh, do you have McCart? Do you have McCardle's disease or something like that? Or I had my, I had uh, was tested for mitochondrial myopathy. And that was uh, secondary, but uh, doctor, my doctor at the Cleveland Clinic said, I had rhabdomyolysis, and that's what he considered the primary yeah. condition, but they don't really have an acronym to why I have it, just like he said, okay. uh, genetic, genetically. All right. All right. So you have something he, like you know, did, me a myotonic dystrophy or something like but, that. Okay. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Okay. But anyway, when, when I went to the hospital and stuff when I was younger, um, they give me, you know, things like morphine shots and things like that Ooh. when I was in rhabdo or my CPK. The creatinine kinase would be like, you know, like uh, 800 or, you know, sometimes it go up to 1,000. But I didn't really get into painkillers. I didn't really, you know, care for that stuff. And then um, they kept giving it to me and giving it to me. And then I realized, I said, you know, I don't want to do it. But then I, it just made me feel happy. So I kept doing it and doing it. <laughs> 
And you know, and, you know, um, CP, CP came so that's, thousand, so that's what happened. Hey, that's Albert, what happened. Todd Albert, just talked Albert. about how happy it makes you feel. And, and somebody, somebody, <laughs> until it doesn't. Somebody got you a little messed up on your rhabdo too. I mean, a CPK of a thousand is not not very high. A rhabdo is, you know, tens of thousands. All right, we're not giving out medical uh, advice here. Uh, and so it concerns me that they, you know, again, they strung you out on an opiate. But I, again, so you know, it's the please get help for that. Well, no, it makes for happy customers, right? Compliance. Drugs, drugs you, make you, for happy customers. Do you know the new the new uh, problem with the pain is the fifth vital sign? We don't have that anymore. That, now that people look at that, and go, pa- can you, patient can you, satisfaction scales. We got to get rid of those too. Patients have if you lose your job as a doctor if your patient doesn't say you did everything I wanted you to do. So right. you can't treat a drug addict like that. That's right. We lost Todd. Uh, Carf and Jaco. Right, if I would, I'm yeah. trying to think back oh, yeah. to when I would when I would go to a doctor in the 80s. When I would go to a doctor, like somebody tell me, "Oh, you can go to this doctor and get a bunch of pills," and I'd be like, "Oh, okay." And I go <laughs> there, right. and they'd look at me and go, "Get, get out, out of, of the here. office!" <laughs> they wouldn't even let me see the doctor. <laughs> they give me Could Darvacet. I have sued them? Because yes. I had, yeah, I had green have. dreadlocks. Yeah, Maybe exactly. that was it. No, no, no. no. <laughs> they would yeah. give me Darvacet. That might have something to do with it. <laughs> They'd yeah. be like, here's some Darvacet. Yeah, yeah it might have been the T-shirt. Like, what? Yeah. <laughs> no, but, they wouldn't uh, so that you. wasn't illegal back then, to tell them tell me get to out get of out of office. their office. They'd have to refer. For you, or maybe, maybe you were, I don't know. Jay, what's up? <laughs> Perfect, man. Jay? Hello. Jay, hey. Jay, what's up? Yo, how's it going? Is Z-Man there? There he is, right there. Hey, what's up, Jay? Yeah, hey, Z-Man, this is J-Dubs, man. We met at Romy Rome's Cancer Benefit Show uh, a couple years back. Hey, hey. I just had a quick question here. How? How's the uh, the Bradley House going? Hey, thank, for, thanks for calling in, Bradley man. Bradley House, yeah, what's up? That's the uh, that's our non-profit uh, our nonprofit treatment center that's going to be opening at the end of 2018. Treatment it, center or sober it, living? It, it's a treatment center. It's, wow! It's in Bradley Knoll's name. It's, it's where'd you get the dough for that? We're we're raising it right now. Um, where, where's it going to be? It's uh it's called Bradley's House. It's got to be in Long it's, Beach, it's, right? It's, um, the Knoll Family it? Foundation is the par- is the umbrella of yeah. it. It'll be opening in South Orange County. It'll be a six bed facility, and it'll it will be treating. Uh, Male musicians in Bradley Knoll's name. Wow. Congratulations! So yeah, man, uh, expect to see this by the end of this year. We have a major music benefit coming out uh, in about a couple of months with some A-list Where musicians. Uh, what, uh, the uh, yeah. place well, is going to be. Oh, it's going to be rocking! And okay. in a couple of months, we're going to know exactly where some major uh, players is, gonna be uh, out there. Music Cares wrapping in with you guys. We just met with Music Cares. Yeah. We're going to be associated with them. But right. yeah, you'll be hearing about it, brother. I promise. That's so amazing. That's I look great. forward to it, man. I, I appreciate everything that you've been doing for the community. Uh, appreciate everything that Skunk Records has been doing for the community. Miguel gave me some good words of advice while I was out there. He said, it's not what you do in the industry. It's what you don't do. <laughs> like right, right on, man. Hey, thank you so much for reaching hey, out, brother. Take care. Wow, that's so cool. That's, that's cool. great. Congratulations. Yeah, thank you. It's a it's a project of the heart for sure. We're, yeah. we're excited about it. It's the mm-hmm. f- first treatment center of its kind. It's another Christina calling in. Christina, go ahead. Christina? Oh, hi, guys. Love you. <laughs> love y'all and love what you're doing with hi. the community and recovery. Thank you so much. Um. And also, I've been trying to reach out to my local. I'm going to take y'all. I'm sorry. Thank you. Um, local, my local. I hope that's better. Um, my local Santa Cruz radio station trying to get Z-Man up here because uh, Santa Cruz has a huge heroin epidemic. Yes, they do. But um, yeah. So. Hey, Christina, just how you doing? Hoping to get you up here. <laughs> hey, um, so I, I just wanted to just. 
I don't have a question. I just want to encourage everyone out there. Um, I am a happy, happy as can be, <laughs> recovering alcoholic. I have six years, six months, awesome. 16 Congratulations. Days. Yeah. Um, well done. Congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> awesome. And um, continuous sobriety. And I haven't had a relapse as of yet. Good Hopefully never. Um, but I just wanted to encourage everyone that may be still struggling with addiction or, you know, mental health or whatever is going on, that you can maintain your sobriety even when, um, I don't know if you can cuss or whatever, but when stuff goes bad, um, I lost my brother, my eldest brother. I lost him to uh, cold turkey withdrawal. He was Whoa. a Sorry. heroin addict for 20 22 years uh-huh. um heart his problem. heart got really enlarged yeah, oh, and okay. he was trying to kick cold turkey on the fourth day he had a heart attack oh, and um on the way I'm to the sorry. hospital he he had a heart attack so um how, how old was he how old was he how old was he yeah he was 42 at the time, and um, he was just three months shy of his 43rd birthday. But he had been using drugs since he was about 12 years old, mm. and he started using heroin when he was 21. Mm. So um, most, I just most, wanted to let everybody yeah. know that it's possible to stay sober, even though things can get horribly wrong, you know, horribly, horribly dark and sad. I sat there and I watched him die. I mm. begged him you know, bargained with God. I did all those things while he was dying. And I just wanted to let everybody know that it's, it can get really, really bad, you know, and you can still spread the message that recovery is possible and you can maintain that recovery, even though the darkest of the dark can happen. And I just want to say thank you to everybody on the panel for everything that you're doing. And I hope Bradley's house goes off without a hitch. And I, <laughs> thank I just you. love you guys. Thanks, Christina. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Thanks, for, thank thanks you. for calling. Thank you very much. That's very She's cool. absolutely right. Just, there's nothing out there that we cannot get through together. Well, but, but yeah. you know, it's, it goes back to something Bob and I would talk a little bit about. I think even last time you were in here, we talked about the fact that in this country, not that Christina's talking about so ordinary a phenomenon, but we've lost the ability to tolerate ordinary misery. Like life sucks sometimes. And she's talking about some particular sucky stuff, but even, even less sucky miseries, we just refuse to go through it. We just like, it doesn't happen. We don't, well, why is this happening? It's just that life has, that's part of the life experience is yeah. misery. Yeah. It, it, especially, especially, you know, we, we think as, as alcoholics and addicts that we want to self-manage and, uh, and, and often we do it, not so successfully, you know, in my first year of recovery, I was three days away from my one year sober anniversary and my father committed suicide, mm. my, um. my alcoholic father. And guess what? A community of sober people held me up. Yeah. It was, a, it was the best thing of all time. Absolutely. You guys, uh, they all loved me through it and mm-hmm. I walked through it with dignity and grace. Yeah. And so that's what we do together. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. And I've, I've had many, many losses and many difficulties. My, my daughter, um, was born with a congenital heart defect and AA absolutely carried me. The people in those rooms that. scared. What did she have? She had, um, transposition of the great vessels. Uh, I didn't even know that. Did she, did, was she yeah, you did. Yeah, no, she had open not. heart surgery when she was 36 hours old. No, and she was at Cedars. We were at Cedars, thank God. And um, the people in the program literally carried me, brought us Just flocked food, in, I just, bet. Just came in every day while wow. we were there. You know, she was in ICU for, you know, two, two, three weeks. Mm-hmm. You know, it was a very, very difficult experience. Oof. But I was sober. My 
My husband at the time was sober, and we walked through it with the program. And I can't separate the fellowship from the magic and the miracle of the 12-step community. I can't mm-hmm. separate it because yeah. the, the well, people showed up for me. Yeah. People what? I didn't even really know very well showed up for me in that hospital. Yes. And I will never forget that. And I'm forever uh, grateful for, for yes. the people in the program that helped me through yes. that time because everybody was afraid, obviously, that yes. you know I wasn't going to – gonna rebound from that and we weren't gonna make it but we did and she's 17 and and you no, know they, she's you looking can, at colleges yeah, yeah. strength in numbers you know, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. and that's what that's what we need to encourage more like that's what the, so if you open a rehab center in Los Angeles bad marketing tool is to say it's absence based 12 step based so if you go on websites of all the rehabs in LA and Orange County, they'll say they don't insist on it. Don't they deprioritize it, right? Because I don't think the kids who are going to rehab have experienced the magic that you we're talking about. Mm. They need to experience it. Right. Big time. Right. And yeah, it time. is an experience, that's for sure. It it is. And mm-hmm. I and it and it's hard to, you know, the times that I've really gone out of my way to make sure they experience it. They are forever changed. So you're right That's in that true. respect. But machine rehabs, spitting them out into the 12-step meetings no, not does good. not work. No, no, no. You need yeah. to be brought there. When I think about who t- – Brendan Mullen took me to my first AA meeting in 1984. Wow. He didn't stay for three more days. <laughs> right. But, he took but I was forever changed by that. Yeah. I kept right. going for, for 12 years loaded. Yeah, you I understand? Yeah, you remember okay. the loaded. <laughs> so we need to make sure that young people know the magic that we're talking about. Bob yeah. went to a meeting and oh, drank a six pack of beer. Yeah, yes. Shelley was there. <laughs> and and, uh, what and do you we think? said, keep coming back, Bob. Keep coming That's back. That's what they said to him as he was leaving. Keep coming back. Is that right? Yeah. Nobody, nobody even still nobody kicked us. Nobody kicked him out. Right. Oh, and and people are stealing your thunder, man. Some people come in, they do even crazier stuff. They get up at the podium, they start talking about how AA sucks, and we have. To just sit there. I was the secretary of a meeting one time, and like Keep this guy back. Like came up and was like saying how bad AA was and fuck you and wow. and I was like okay. Um, maybe just keep coming back. Wow. Don't oh worry. my gosh. Okay. I gotta say, okay. if you if you're gonna do that at any meeting, do it the one where Shelly's the secretary. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds about right. <laughs> that sounds about right. Okay. That actually have a therapeutic element to it. Let me <laughs> let me uh I'm trying to get our next caller up here. It's, it's a computer that doesn't uh cooperate with this is Juanita hi. Juanita has an interesting question hi, yeah, so, yes, yeah, hi, ref- guys. how you doing we're good this, will, this refines our harm reduction conversation a little bit go ahead Juanita yeah hi I'm, I've been in <clears throat> excuse me I've been in recovery for 29 years wow and I used to work in recovery and when I learned it old school <laughs> it was worth the steps of die motherfucker so so she brings but by, by bringing that up she brings up a really interesting point that is not been addressed and and not been researched, which is by creating an easier, kinder way. Are we maybe doing a disservice? Are we? I mean, what, for you know, sure, we are. I think it all depends upon the well, individual. I, well, but but yeah, because the people that I came into the rooms with, a whole them. lot of us are still. 
still clean. Yeah. 30, yes. 35 years. Right. Right. I mean, there was no choice. You either We hung out with a bunch of old Irish guys uh-huh. and, <laughs> in AA. And they were serious as a heart attack. They wouldn't That's even right. let us speak in meetings. No, no. Because yeah. they said, we have nothing to say because we didn't have no clean time. They're like, right. so put the, just shut up, put your ass in a, shut up, put your ass in the seat. Shut up, don't speak. I had an old time guy say to me one time, what time is it, Bob? And I looked at my watch and he goes, you still got to watch. What the fuck are you doing here? <laughs> What I try to do is I try to combine the two takes. I try to combine them because there is a time and a place to come at them with sit down. You have nothing to share. I need you to um, put uh, cotton in your ears. Exactly. Put it in your mouth. And and there is a time and a place for that. But then there's a time and a place for a little bit more of a finesse. And I think bringing the two together has been the success that I've had. Um, But at the same time, it doesn't always, it's, it's not it's always kind of, to going me, to that's work. The, that's the clinical acumen and magic, which is deciding you know, Who's who, who? Yeah, who gets what when. Yeah. It's not easy. I, I, I can appreciate that old school method. And at the same time, our, our text also says that meetings are a place for new people to share their problems. I don't expect. Absolutely. I, I, but, I, you I, know, working I, in recovery, I, though. Um, I, I don't expect you know, solution. If you came in high or drunk yeah. in a program, yeah. you had to leave. Absolutely. You could go to detox. Absolutely. In the you know twenty four hours or seventy two hours, and you could come back to the program, mm-hmm. but you couldn't stay there high. I, and I was looking at the um, the timeline, and people were, and you guys were talking about Suboxone, you know, giving patients uh, pills and things in yeah. the program. Yeah, yeah. I can't have somebody in the house as high because they're going to take somebody that's clean out. Mm-hmm. And that was they see, this is the kind of these are the these are the nuances of all this. Yeah. Is, yeah. Because well, and it's every day. It is tough work. Like I, it is tough. Yes. It is tough work yes. every day. Yes. She makes a good great point. Yeah. Hey, Juanita, congratulations. I appreciate you calling. Yeah, thank it's a great you so point. much. And keep the keep great going. work. Uh, so Thank you guys. Thank, thank you. you. So so what happened? What changed treatment was what I thought was going to be the salvation for American addiction, which was the Parity Act and Obamacare. When Obamacare was held up to at the Supreme Court and going to be the law of the land, that is what brought the profit into rehabs. Mm-hmm. Prior to that, there was no profit. If you owned a rehab center, you were like doing God's work and you were breaking even Just or making by. a salary, yeah. getting by. Yeah. What I thought would be a solution to all what I saw the rising addiction problem in America became probably one of the worst things that could have happened. And that is people going to treatment who don't want to be there because they don't have a place to live, rehab shopping, patient brokering. Mm -hmm. This all happened because of what I thought was going to be the solution. I think we need to look at where do we go from here. Because letting kids use their Aetna PPO insurance cards as a as a housing voucher Eight times a year. to go to the best place that yeah. lets them do the most amount of fun things, that's where we're at now. Yeah. And so we have to change it. We have to change Regulation. it. Regulation. And what yeah. we're talking about now is finding that balance. Shelly's found that balance. I've kind of tried to find a balance. I never really could where – because I have employees and they want to get paid. And I have mortgages and they have to be paid. And so if you're going to lose 50% of the people that you work so hard to get into your treatment center just by having a hard line or a tough-ass approach, you're going to be shortly out of business and laying off 106 people. And that's the truth of the industry. 
Yeah. Right. And so we need to figure out a way. And my only solution is to build up the mom and pops, to build them up, to, yeah. to tell everyone about them. These are the greatest programs. Don't believe your kid. Your kid's a lion sack of shit. Do not believe that they're being mean to her or him. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because <laughs> totally. parents buy into the things oh. the addict kids say about the rehab. Oh, completely. Oh, yeah. Completely. Right? Of oh, course. yeah. They're course. mistreating me, man. They, they, <laughs> man. The cancer did this. It's like, <laughs> your child is a lying criminal. They <laughs> the haven't stopped because the they've got six don't days like sober. Hearing that. <laughs> but, he's do, but, she, but he's doing so well. Johnny's got six days. He hasn't changed. Right. Yeah. He, he's not killing it yet. But there's they, people they using here. Here's another one they always say. There's people using here. I got to get out of here. Yeah, there's right? drug addicts here. They <laughs> might be using. <laughs> right. That's it's a, possible. It's so tough. you know, yeah. you, we need yeah. to strengthen parents. Yeah, there's, and a bar down the, parents. there's a bar down the street. They might be drinking there, too. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, so, we have so much influential... <laughs> You know, folks in in you know treatment, and it's like they gravitate towards what they're looking for. You know, so I have kids who come in who are really looking for the solution. They're really looking for sobriety. They're really done, and I try to build those guys up. Yeah. And I try done to is good. I try to yeah. really build those guys, and I try to get them vocal in those groups. Let's start talking about the solution. What do you guys? Do I call that letting better? them do your dirty yeah, work. Yeah, like let's get that. You know, and just try to bring those. Do you kids understand up. that? Because they really understand each other much more than they can understand me. They look at me. They go, you've never done nothing. You don't know anything about anything. <laughs> you don't know anything. And I'm like, okay, maybe I don't. Maybe I don't. But your friend over here, he knows things. Look, he he likes the same bands as you. He likes the same things as you. Like maybe, well, he's going to meetings. Why don't you go with him? You know, why don't you take a look? But it's like so much finesse work with these guys. You know, it used to be a little bit more simple when you didn't have so many conflicting messages out there it used to be a little bit easier you could say here get in the van like like bob you know would say like oh get in the van you know everybody needs to get in the van and go go to the meetings and and it was it was simple because that was what we we provided when we went to get in the van van represents you're going to a meeting i don't care if you don't like them get in the van yeah that was an old black flag term that you know absolutely so my my statement was get in the van or drew's thing which was so great to have a boss like him support the clinicians then get the, then fucking leave. If you don't want to be here, leave. It's very simple. It's very if you, simple. If you want to be part of this treatment program, <laughs> fine. Yeah, go. No, no conversation. Yeah. You're either, but the, are but you in? in or out? Are you in? in but or out? when we yeah. would say that, say in 2005, there was only about six rehabs in in the eastern part of LA County, right? They weren't. They, <laughs> there, there wasn't a hundred to also, go to. The, you got to remember these places are motivated to keep people because they keep collecting, that's and that's right. the and that's, that's a right. terrible incentive. That's, that's right. terrible. You got to be ready to discharge. But why we could say that at Los Encinas because we were the nice. It was the coolest place. You you could go to PRC Bishop Gooden. What was John's place up in the hill there by the golf course? The, the oh, guy. yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so now he had a fake uh, identity. Remember I can't that? Remember, yeah. So there was only like four they could go to, and they were way harsher programs than ours. So then it's yeah, like, okay, I'll get in the van. Cool. <laughs> yeah. All right. I'm get, I'll get in. I'll get in the Let, we, listen, we got a ton of great uh, emails here from our contact list. Let me just do a couple of them real quick. Okay. Uh, this, these are sort of, we have very limited time, so it's kind of light lifting I want to get into here. It's just somebody in recovery four months and 20. 20 plus days. Uh, still having days where I'm either really, really happy and then the next I'm really low. How long for this just to bugger off? 
How long has it been? How long has it been? Four months. Four and a half. Five months. What were you? What were you using? How old are you? How long? Opiates. Eight eight more months of that, and then it'll start to even out, and then you're going to hit a brick wall like at four years, five years sober. So get ready for that one. That's true. Exercise. (laughs) Well, five, seven, five, seven, ten, and five, seven, ten, and twenty. Exercise. Exercise. Good. Exercise. Exercise. Good. Get those endorphins going. Attend to your sleep, uh, but like, uh, but I mean, really exercise though. Just like where you have enough so that it affects your sleep. Really exercise. Yeah, and uh, and coffee and cigarettes help too. <laughs> take some not ac- late in the day. Take, yeah. some, take some action too. No. Some action. Let's be honest. Yeah, get a tablet and write some stuff. When down. I was in my first year, I drank eight cups of Starbucks coffee a day. What do you? Damn! Think? Did they have Starbucks then when you got yeah. sober? Are you still <laughs> drinking coffee? No, I don't drink coffee at all now. Really? Whatever, Wasn't this like 7-Eleven? Uh, I remember him using, <laughs> believe got, me. She's got the double whammo five shots of I, extra. I love, it. I love it. Oh, I, I love that. I ask you, that is radical. <laughs> Look at how dark it is. No I mean, milk. No could milk you fill for it, this girl. Put that in my car. I could probably get back to Arizona. <laughs> I know, Todd. When 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 Sublime blew by, you know they were not super well behaved because they were using and stuff like that. But let me tell you something: nothing, nothing compared to Bob Forrest when he would show up. That was like having a wild animal in your bed and a tornado at the same time. I didn't like sitting down. I didn't like sitting down in the studio and walk around. And he, Uh, Drew, would be so nervous. I could see because I know him that well, and he'd be like, "You need to sit down." Because he'd go out and shoot. He'd go out and start slamming drugs. He made the Tasmanian devil look like Jerry <laughs> yeah. Garcia. Absolutely. That's funny. No, absolutely. But it's like, and, and it, it was, it was, and I actually had to end our relationship with him because he was too. Because I was going to beat up a guy who deserved beating up. A caller. No, a, the, the guest. That's was when you guest? formally banned Well, I was like, I was like, this guy's. The guy was advocating having sex. Remember the with his wife and I all don't that remember, kind of. But all I remember is the you. Anyways, I went down to the studio. I was at my house. I went down to the studio. I was going to beat the guy up, and Drew was like, "That is it with him." He just remembers you, Bob. <laughs> all right, here's another one. I can't believe uh, I get blah blah. No, no, here's another one. All right, what can we learn from Tom Petty's life and death? Uh, we'll let him back to addiction. Uh, Do you think could have been depression uh, from the heart disease, the emphysema? Could pain have been treated with surgery? Well, <sighs> let's let's just. Touch on it lightly. So, yes. so when the when the solution is worse than the problem, which death is worse than pain. You have pain. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean. Is we got to start thinking about how we allow our friends to perish from drugs, especially particularly fentanyl and pain management. But here's, here's all the while you, making pain so much more uh, a, a risk factor, a problem than death. Here is the fact. Opiates are not a treatment for chronic pain. That is a fact. They cause pain. They make pain worse over time. They do not treat. You can't pain. convince the people worse. taking it that when okay. they are drug addicts, you can't convince them of that. Convince now, them before. What about for the acute stage? For acute pain, it's great. For the it's acute, wonderful for okay. acute pain. It's actually designed for acute Three pain. Three days. Right. Chronic that's pain. It. Right. There's a their pain has two components. You were talking about your MRI earlier. Mm-hmm. Pain has a somatic component, which is what you see on the MRI, and it has a affective component, which is in a part of the brain called the insula cortex, which is sort of the misery piece of pain. Pain. So there's a somatic pain, and then there's the misery I and anxiety. I have the misery piece. The misery. I got that piece. Back. One, and and the misery piece is amplified by trauma. Okay, yeah, so, I got that. So it's unregulated because of trauma, right? You get unregulated it. Unregulated misery and, and, piece, and it gets worse 
under the influence of opiates over time. Hello. And that's how we get into people with trouble. And if you're a drug addict, imagine that paradigm, and your disease is now active, it's game on. So one solution could be that doctors become more educated about that. Yes. Because I can't believe that Prince's doctor doesn't feel remorse. I'm sure the gal or guy does. I'm yes. sure they well, do. And here's how it goes I've down. I've met doctors whose here's clients how, have died. Do you want to know how it goes have, down? you know how it goes down? I told him not to take that extra Xanax. He should never have taken the extra Xanax. If he hadn't taken that Xanax, it's like, no, 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 no. No, it's too I mean, late. I mean, it wasn't the extra. What about Xanax. Michael Jackson's physician? I mean, he housed one for. Go- I mean, we can go on and on with yes, this stuff. Yes, we can. I don't think Tom Petty chose that route as an exit. I don't. Th- Obviously I, I, not. I, I, I don't no, think, no, I don't no. think that, that wonderful human being wanted to risk. perish. I don't no. think he understood. The he had risk. a lot of stuff in his symptoms. You guys saw the. You guys saw the um, toxicology. You, the toxicology report was horrible. Yeah. yeah. Um, ridiculous. Ridiculous. Doctors had to prescribe stuff. those. Every one of them. That is correct. Yeah. He, he wasn't seeking. Nope. He was prescribed. Yep. That's insane. Yeah. Anyways, I mean, it's, that's, it's, that's beyond it's, insane to me. It's another tragedy. A lot of stuff. I, I was blown away it's, when it's, I saw. It's, it's, it, but there's lots of that going on out yeah. there. Yeah. Lots of it. And when, so when he talks about Purdue and blah, 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 that has nothing to do with it. That's my profession. That's it. Well, Agreed. What are you going to do Agreed. about I'm, your I'm, profession? I'm trying. I'm trying to raise awareness. I know, I'm trying. I, I feel so bad about it. But don't you think there's a lot of doctors that have had clients die like this and they're starting to have remorse? Yes. I no, believe I they don't are. care about remorse. Uh, I just change the behavior. That's all I'm concerned with. Just change the behavior. They're, they're having worry that, of doing it again. I guarantee you that. Prince's doctor is, I bet you he's very wary of prescribing fentanyl. Yeah, I hope so. But who uh, prescribes fentanyl on an outpatient basis? I can't well, believe every it. Doctor I in can't believe it. Cancer, <laughs> cancer. I was taking twenty four hundred okay. micrograms of fentanyl for over four good, years. Good on, times on top of sixteen even... to eighteen oxy's. A day. Did you take any benzo with that? Oh yeah, I was taking benzos you were, too. You were that's lucky. A, that's why I didn't sleep for forty four days in my first. You're lucky. You didn't you sleep for forty four days. Very and lucky. That's all in the movie. The long it way was, back. Forty four. So great. All right. Forty four is crazy. I was eighteen. Bobby, how much? How many days didn't you sleep? Which week, time? Week, week. <laughs> Eighteen days. Yeah, I couldn't speak for like the first five months. I was, I was in jail. Drooling. It was uh, days blur together. Yeah, then. Awesome. All right, enough war stories, <laughs> okay, ladies and gentlemen. Sorry. We are going to wrap this thing <laughs> oh, up. Okay. <laughs> I just want to say, so congratulations on everything that you're doing. Your movie is fantastic. Thank it's you. Very brave. I want everyone to watch it. I loved it. I thought it was fantastic. Long I way back. really, really think you're fantastic. Is there a website you would be able to go to as well? Absolutely. D- uh, Longwaybackfilm.com. And if you want to check out Bradley's house, go to the Knoll Family Foundation.org. K N O L L? Oh, it's N O W E L L. Noel. Noel. Okay. Like, yeah. yeah, I never know. The Noel Family. N O W E L L. Okay. And, right. uh, and you guys? Good. Oh, you know, Bill. We'll treatment. see you Don't around. Go, you know. <laughs> We're around. All right. Look for uh, Bob on Dr. Oz show. Bob's going to see oh, Dr. Oh, fantastic. All right. I'm debate. I'm, I'm actually reversing my roles. I'm anti-Suboxone on the Dr. Oz show. Right. Is that right? For that. We'll see. Because oh, I can argue both sides. I'm glad, that you're, I'm glad you're doing that. <laughs> a good debate. Yeah. yeah. You're going to be perfect. Thank That's you That's what so I said. Much. They wanted me to do it, and I said, I got the guy for you. Can, <laughs> yeah. I want to go as his bodyguard. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's up to you guys. And then All I'm right. going to this opiate right. convention, right? And, and uh, well, we'll talk, right, about, we'll talk about, about it. Go to Dr. Get the, check out the family of pods there. Let me... Uh, uh, get my outro. Do I have it somewhere? Can I get my website really quick? If please. anyone wants to get a hold of me, please go to. to by the way, go to toddzalkins.com if anyone wants to contact me about any of this film stuff or nonprofit stuff. It's been a pleasure being on with you guys. Thank I have you. no. That's so great. He's the real deal, Todd. The real deal. 
Um, but I want to remind everybody to keep that thing going. Just remind everybody go to doctor.com, the family Pleasure. of pods there. We appreciate you clicking through on the banners. Check out the Bergamet guys that ch- get discounts there, discounts with oh, wait, the, the, the Hydrolite. No, no, no. I want some Bergamite. <laughs> the Hydrolite. <laughs> uh, I could choose it. side. This is Bergamet Pro. Oops, a good catch. Well done. All right, and we also we you know where to go. Go to doctor.com, see all the stuff there. We got the opioid article coming out in dribs and drabs, but oh, it's good. it's comprehensive. So I love we'll see you that. there. Thanks. Cool, cool. All right. uh, thank thank you. you. Thank you kindly. All right. Remember, you can find all these podcasts at drdrew.com. The Dr. Drew podcast, the This Life podcast, and the Adam and Drew podcast, which is available five days a week. Find them all on iTunes and rate us five stars. Subscribe and get it first. And if you're really happy, click on the Amazon banner at drdrew.com to help support the show. We'll thank you for it. If you join the email list via drdrew.com slash contact, we'll send you a weekly infusion newsletter with Dr. Drew's News. We're so grateful when you get in touch. We read all your emails and we'll bring you the subject matter you want to hear about. You live.